0: Good morning, everyone. Galatians 1, 3 through 5 says, Grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. What a glorious promise and blessing that he gave us this confidence about the purpose of Jesus coming and that it was to rescue us from this evil present age. And he came with the blessing of God to do that. I'm so thankful for that. Father, we ask your anointing today on this message. I ask you, Lord, for strength. I ask you for no swelling in my mouth, and I ask you to give me ease of speaking in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please turn to Exodus 24? We'll begin reading with verse 4 as the background for where we're going to end up in chapter 25 but we're going to start in verse in chapter 24 in verse 4 there is a bit of reading to do today so bear with me but what a glorious and beautiful passage of scripture this is verse 4 then Moses carefully wrote down all the Lord's instructions Early the next morning, Moses got up and built an altar at the foot of the mountain, and he also set up twelve pillars, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. Then he sent some of the young Israelite men to present burnt offerings and to sacrifice bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. So Moses drained half the blood from these animals into basins. The other half, he splattered against the altar. Verse 8, then Moses took the blood from the basins. This was half the blood that he drained into the basins. And he splattered it over the people, declaring, look. This blood confirms the covenant the Lord has made with you in giving you these instructions. Now we'll pause right there for just a minute. Hebrews chapter 9 records about this very passage that Moses sprinkled half the blood directly onto the people and covered almost everything in the tabernacle with it, signifying God's covenant with them because everything had to be purified by blood for it to be sanctified to be in the presence of God. But this cleansing, as we know, was only temporary. But when Jesus' blood was shed as the sacrifice for sinners, the scriptures tell us that his blood was so pure and so powerful that there was no longer the need for the blood of bulls and goats. Verse 9, let's continue. Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel climbed up the mountain again. Mighty things happen on the mountains of God. Last week it was Mount Zion, and today it's Mount Sinai. Verse 10, and they saw the God of Israel under his feet, There seemed to be a surface of brilliant blue, lapis lazuli, as clear as the sky itself. Now the King James Version says sapphire. And I read that scholars say that the Latin translation of that word sapphire is blue lapis lazuli because the sapphire gemstone hadn't yet been discovered, but it was, descri- it was used to describe that brilliant blue color of the lapis lazuli. Verse 11, and though these nobles of Israel gazed upon God, he did not destroy them. In fact, they ate a covenant meal, eating and drinking in the presence of God. Verse 12, then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain Stay there, and I will give you the tablets of stone on which I have inscribed the instructions and the commands to you to teach the people. So Moses and his assistant Joshua set out, and Moses climbed up the mountain of God. Verse 14, Moses told the elders, Stay here and wait for us until we come back. Aaron and her are here with you, and if anyone has a dispute while I'm gone, consult with them. Then Moses climbed up the mountain, and the cloud covered it. And the glory of the Lord settled down on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days." On the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from inside the cloud. Do you wonder if Moses thought that it was enough just to be in the glory cloud of God for six days, but then on the seventh day, he actually heard the voice of God saying, Come up higher on the mountain. Scholars say that the number 6 signifies the weakness or the lack of imperfection of man, whereas the number 7 signifies the perfection and the completeness of God. Now if you'll drop to uh, verse 17. To the Israelites, at the foot of the mountain, the glory of the Lord appeared at the summit like a consuming fire. Then Moses disappeared into the cloud as he climbed up higher, up the mountain, and he remained on the mountain completely enveloped by the presence of God for 40 days and for 40 nights. God called him higher because he wanted communion with Moses and these men that were with him. He allowed Moses and these other men to see him, enough so that they could describe what he was standing upon, and they ate, and they drank, and they had communion in covenant with God. And they continued this communion with God, Moses and God, for 40 days and 40 nights. Now if you would turn to chapter 28, excuse me, 25, verse 8. Chapter 25, verse 8. And we're going to see that God not only wanted to commune with the leadership, but also to prepare a place to commune with the people as well. Chapter 25, verse 8. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so that I can live among them. Build this tabernacle exactly as I tell you, because God planned this place to be his holy communion place. And then he tells them to build the Ark of the Covenant, which was between God and the people, Also build it exactly to his specifications and it would be the resting place of the commandments of stone that God was to give to Moses for the governance of the people. And it was to be built from pure gold. Nothing impure would touch it. No foreign matters would be mixed in with the gold. Skipping down to verse 17. Then make the ark's cover the place of atonement from pure gold. It must be 45 inches long and 27 inches wide. Now the King James Version calls this atonement cover, what? The mercy seat, which is translated as cover in other texts. Verse 18, Then make two cherubim from hammered gold, And place them on the two ends of the atonement seat, or atonement cover, or the mercy seat. And mold the cherubim on each end of the atonement cover, making it all one piece of gold. Verse 20. And the cherubim will face each other and look down upon the atonement cover, and their wings will spread over it, and they will protect it. Place inside the ark the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant which I will give you. Then place the mercy seat on top of the ark. And here is the rhema word for today, verse 22. And I will meet with you there and talk to you from above the atonement cover, from above the mercy seat, between the gold cherubim that hover over the Ark of the Covenant. And from there I will give you my commands for the people of Israel God had a plan to commune with the people Leviticus 16 and 14 records that with his finger Moses sprinkled the blood over the east side of the mercy seat the atonement cover and he sprinkled it seven times in front of the mercy seat that perfect number of God. Then this was repeated with oil after the mercy seat had been consecrated with the blood. Then the oil of anointing was sprinkled upon that mercy seat. Because anointing always comes after the cleansing. The people couldn't approach God with sin in their lives, so the blood had to be applied directly to cover them. And it meant that something had to die for their sin to be covered, just as Jesus, our perfect sacrifice, died to cover our sin, and then the oil of anointing of the Holy Spirit could cover us. God set the mercy seat as the place where he would meet with them, and he protected it with the covering of the wings of the cherubim. As I said last week, we meet today with God in spirit and in truth, but with the blood of jesus covering our sin first it's the only way that we can come before a clean and holy and righteous god and the indwelling of the holy spirit then the oil of our anointing i ask you today do you want to commune with him as much as he wants to commune with you This is exactly what the Holy Spirit impressed upon me last week, sitting right there, everything in the Old Testament has a fulfillment through Christ in the new, and he also wants to commune with us. We commune with him in prayer, in quietly listening for that voice like Moses heard, in hearing the written words spoken and read. And I heard something from him this week. I heard this, that it is hard for us to comprehend this, but i heard that he loves us so much that he longs for us to come he longs for our company and our companionship god called moses apart way at first for the 6 days to prepare him for what was to come i don't know if moses could have stood being in the presence of god for 40 days and nights had god not first prepared him in this way, spending the sixth days and then hearing the voice of God on the seventh. You know, Jesus said we are his friends. That's the hard concept for us to, to, to understand and accept. He's such a holy God and we are so not But his blood, it covers our unholiness, and it covers our sin, and it makes it possible for us to come into the presence of his holiness. In Matthew 26, Jesus broke bread, and he ate with his disciples. They were not perfect. He fed them bread and fish on the barbecue on the seashore. He went fishing with them. He visited their homes and their families. He went to their weddings. And then he healed their sick and their lame. When we take the time to commune with him, that's when he demonstrates his love for us, his mercy to us. They go hand in hand In John 14, 23, he said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. It's still his goal to commune with us. In Revelation 3 and 20, we see Jesus standing at the door knocking and said, If anyone will just open the door, I'll come in. And dine with him. And while we're there, we can ask him to meet those needs that we have. The song said, we we sang it first, commune with me between the wings of the cherubim. And he said, I will meet you there. There's no question he will be there. God wanted a holy, designated place of meeting, and he put the cherubim there to stand guard over his presence and over the blood that covered that mercy seat. The cherubim were stretched over it, facing each other, watching symbolizing that the angelic host is watching over the redeemed of the Lord now. The place of communion, it was the mercy seat, ever aware of the sacrifice of the blood covering that was necessary for the redemption of men. And just like we come before God through the blood of Jesus, don't you love to commune with him? It doesn't matter where we are, how many we are. We can come together and listen for his call. And we can stay there a while. Lord, we do come to this place of communion with you. Help us to ever be aware, Lord. Ever be listening, Lord, for that voice of the Holy Spirit that tugs upon our hearts and says, come up the mountain just a little bit higher because I will meet you there. Oh, thank you for that confidence, Lord. Thank you for that complete assurance that we have, Lord, that we can come before you because we've been cleansed by the blood of your son, Jesus. And if there is one who has not asked to be cleansed by that blood, oh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would pull on that person's heartstrings to where they can also hear their name being called, come up the mountain a little higher because I want to commune with you too. You can have that assurance and that place of communion with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if you will just ask him. Will you stand with me this morning? Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for this word, Lord, that assures us that you had a place and a plan. And then you brought forth that perfect plan in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we can commune with him any place, any time, because he dwells within Father, I ask you to go with each one today. I ask you, Lord, that we are ever mindful of the blood covering that was necessary for us to have that communion with you. In Jesus' name we ask all of these things. Amen and amen.